This is a Galactic Network podcast. The Podcast of Terror is a great podcast. It's covering movies that are not for children, and thus this podcast is not for children. The hosts are two adults who will use bad words from time to time. They'll also spoil movies if that's not your thing. So if you don't like spoilers and you don't want to hear some dirty language or some dirty references to dirty parts of your body, then please, please, please wash your body parts better and do not listen to this show. If you can handle it, and I hope you can because there's a great podcast coming up, then please proceed with Podcast of Terror. Welcome to episode 125 of the Podcast of Terror, a production of the Galactic Network. For more on this podcast, including show notes, contact information, subscription, info, I, gncast.com slash pod. I'm Matt. That's Corey. Corey, how are you? Uh, <laughs> I'm apparently just going to bitch about everything today, but that opening was adorable, and that made me happy, so thank you. Because I don't know how to speak like an adult? Sometimes. You just, you just slipped... And you just kind of went into it. It's it's like when you slip on a banana peel and, and your legs are, are just like non-functioning and you accidentally do the splits. And, and the you, just, splits? you just go with it. Yeah, exactly. The banana splits. I did that once at school. I was I was in my graphics class and I was, I don't know, must have been wearing the worst shoes in the world. And I slipped and my legs went apart and I did the splits, which I've never been able to do at any other point in my life before or after. And it's like my butthole suction cup to the ground for a second. And I got up real, real fast. Like, oh, shit, this is not right. This is not something that my body should be capable of doing. And then I was just afterwards. I'm like, wow, that was amazing. Can I do that again? I could not. I could not do it again. It's one of those things that uh, maybe your mindset sets you off. Maybe you just go into panic mode. I don't know. But for that brief second, like you, you slip right outside of reality and you can be a contortionist. Uh, you can bend time. I don't know, man. It, it's just sometimes you just can't read an opening for a show. And then you get this kind of rambling bullshit. Yeah, I mean, you really went down a dark path. Uh, don't I, though? Your asshole was stuck to the ground in that. and Well, it's it's more like my butthole kissed the ground. I mean, rightfully so. I think you're... No, we talked about your butthole last week. So it's only right that we talk about it again this week. You got a sweet, sweet dumper on you. It, it's it's true. It's very, I really don't. No, I have no ass at all. It's very true. Um, pretty sure I could curl up inside of it and live there for a month. Well, there's room. I've been eating tacos all week. So. Eee. Oh, are you, you doing the taco cleanse? <laughs> Not on purpose. I just <laughs> man, that's all I feel like eating these days is tacos. It I, I'm not sure exactly what it is. And crunchy tacos too, which is not usually my 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 go to. I'm I'm a I'm a soft taco or a double decker taco, if anything. Yeah. Uh but yeah, like could, all I want is crunchy fucking tacos, preferably honestly, from Jack in the Box, which isn't even meat. Um, first things first, you need to get the double-decker taco from Taco Bell with the nacho Dorito taco inside of it instead of the regular. And, you know, I, I keep trying to do that, and yeah. they keep fucking up my order. Uh, but also, Taco Bell did some bullshit where now their tacos are $1.50 each. What were they normally? Not a $1.50. 
That is some shit. I, I got to look where they are here. I, I normally just get like the five dollar box. Um, let's see, Taco Bell. I, what is your problem, tacos? Oh, they're a dollar nineteen here, which they were probably like eighty nine cents a week ago. Right. Exactly. Like, and somehow just... a fucking the nacho cheese Dorito taco, a dollar sixty nine. Like, come on. You can get a box. You can get like a dozen of those cocksuckers in the grocery store for like five bucks. Yeah. And they're just as good. Taco Bell just fucking decided they were the kings of the roost and they said, oh, yeah, we're going to throw down. We're going to make all our tacos over a dollar. It's like, God damn it. A cheeseburger at McDonald's is ninety nine cents mm-hmm. and one taco. And that's the thing. Jack in the box is like two tacos for a dollar twenty nine or something or three doc, three tacos with a drink is three bucks now see i've only ever eaten at a jack in the box once and it was oh, breakfast. Man. yeah it was the one time it was the one time i out uh arizona but i went at like see three tacos for three dollars taco 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 and a small drink hmm. holy shit cholula hot sauce fries <sighs> garlic butter god they're damn. stepping up yeah i need to go back to arizona i feel like we talk about fast food a lot uh we, we talk about food in general we should really just change the show to a food podcast uh, so Matt, what are you drinking? Um, you know, beers. <laughs> I do know beers. Mostly from your breath. <laughs> just, you can smell me from there. I thought maybe I still want to talk about this Jack in the Box. Um, it's called Barrel Aged Gorm the Old from Hammerheart out in Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota. It's north of Minneapolis. It's a bourbon barrel aged uh, mesquite smoked old ale. It's been sitting in my basement for a while. I figured I should get rid of it. <clears throat> that's just waiting to lurch out at you in the dark um it's pretty metal the dude was in a black metal band and then decided he was in a startup brewery instead because those people are clean and will filter their water well it, no, whatever hasn't killed me yet <laughs> i drink toilet wine bacon, i've never been to prison either bacon egg and chicken sandwich that does not sound good no but i i'm i'm my issues with chicken is that it, it goes in, in specific things. Like, I'm not a, a, a chicken and Mexican food person. I'm not a, a chicken and breakfast person. Uh, although chicken and waffles, I, I finally had at a, at a decent place, like the whole, like, local grown chickens and stuff. And that was, that was okay. It, it was surprising. But it's still not my bag. There, you know, I, I'm, the, there's a bacon ranch monster taco. Oh yeah, that's right. You're into the ranch. I mean, I don't dislike ranch. I know, I know, friend. Oh, I didn't realize that there was meat in here too. Jesus, I need this <laughs> bacon ranch monster taco. A large monster taco topped with shredded lettuce, sliced bacon, creamy buttermilk ranch. Well, unless you know you order another one, you know, for the road. Uh, this nacho monster taco sounds good too. As does the monster taco. God damn, this is probably better that a jack in the box does not exist around me. I just go for the basic tacos, which are considered vegetarian they don't have meat in them i'm not sure what it wait, is wait, i'm not gonna are ask you kidding no oh that is fucked up no it's it's great you know my ex was uh vegetarian when we were going out and she was like i can eat these like that's what? wonderful that's bad you could also eat ducats from the renaissance fair you ever had ducats no i thought that was like you my... ever been to the renaissance fair it's been a very long time yeah, you ever you ever dealt in misery? Uh, so yeah, ducats are these little things. I guess they're made out of soy, but they look and taste like meat in this 
happy little sauce. And, uh, you know, as you're walking around in a dirt field and a bunch of people who have been sweating all weekend and haven't been able to use a shower and are using communal common bathroom places, Mm -hmm. uh, they serve you food and you just are relishing it uh, at five bucks a pop for a plate of things that are not actual food. Uh, But they're good. They're tasty. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Jack and Box tacos. Uh, Slamming. Slamming. I like to slam a taco once in a while. Yeah, exactly. A pink taco if you catch my drift. Nobody caught that. Uh, I am drinking uh, Balls. B-A-W-L-S. Wait. Guarana root beer. I want to see that. I don't know what Guarana is. Guarana is that shit that they put in like Monster. Oh, well, this is going to be fun for me. Yeah. <sighs> Let's watch yeah, Corey have a be, heart attack live on the internet. It's supposed to be highly caffeinated. Yeah. Uh, this, is, this is the right episode to do that then. Uh, because if we haven't mentioned already, we're going to be discussing the movie Gerald's Game. I, by Netflix that, original. Like, I don't know if you were a fan of it. So, like, backstory here. My mom, huge Stephen King fan. So, like, growing up, like, I've seen, you know, I saw Langoliers and It and the fucking Tommy knockers and all that shit. And like when, when those things were on TV, like that was, that's what I did those two nights was watch the miniseries on TV. So when I saw Gerald, I haven't seen 1922 yet, but excuse me, when um, Netflix announced that they were doing Stephen King, oh, I just wiggled the whole desk. Um, I got really excited and I had no knowledge of Gerald game or 1922. So it was, so you I don't have, read Stephen King's stuff so I don't much as read, you've seen. Period. But but even audiobooks. I know you you listen to audiobooks. Um, I try to. I probably will this summer because of the amount of time I'll spend on a lawnmower and outside. Right. But uh, I've been listening to mostly podcasts all winter. Because I can't. Like I gave up on trying to listen to podcasts or books at work because I stop paying attention, and I miss what's happening. Um. And and driving is it's easier to do a podcast because it's shorter. Unless I'm driving like really far and I can crush a whole book in one trip, but I have not gone to Minneapolis in a while. Yeah, I I haven't really gotten too much into the audiobook thing. I listened to a couple when I worked at a bookstore and yeah. they were literally books on tape. Um but I I I don't know why. Everyone like friend from work especially they've been on me about uh, watch or reading Ready Player One, and I, I listened to it. It's very, very good. I have the audiobook for it in my Audible account, which I again I've had for a while and didn't really listening it anything in it. Uh, I've, I've mentioned before my issues of Ready Player One, which is I just feel like as everyone points out to me, oh, it's so awesome, you'll totally be into it. I keep thinking. I'm probably not going to be into it. They've built it up too much. And all the things that they said that I like about it are probably the things that will annoy the hell out of me. Well, you're also because they're, not, they're my worst qualities. You're not like a huge video game fan. Like, I know you like video games, but you do not play them as much as like, I, I, tr- I like to play a lot of video games. If I have the opportunity, my wife was gone for like three hours today. So I just sat and played God of war, even though I was supposed to be getting prepared to do a podcast. Yeah, and that's Shocker, I would probably I play games more. One, if if I could afford the newer systems, I've, I've played a lot of games before, but I I was never a diehard gamer. Although w- there have been games that I've been diehard about, you know the the Zelda games, especially the Kingdom Hearts games, 
the Tony Hawk games. Uh, I played the shit out of the first couple of Halos. But I, I think even my wife is probably a bigger gamer than I am, and certainly better at games than I am. Yeah. Because uh, she asked at most of the ones that we play together, like Tony Hawk. It, it's it's more now. It's just how much time do I have? I'm I'm dedicating myself to three shows, presumably a week, uh, when they when they come out weekly, and even that is just it's tough. We did STFU on Tuesday after missing a couple of weeks. And after the show was done, we talked for another hour because we had people in the audience. And I I felt like, hey, you know, it's awesome to hang out with these guys and, and give them a little bit of extra because we weren't here for a while. And then I was done at 1130 and hadn't eaten dinner and had to go to bed to be at work the next day. Yeah. Uh, but I would I would play a God of War if I had it. You also I, 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 you also don't have the luxury of winter. Like where I physically can't really go outside for a good chunk of the the year. It's not like I go outside anyway. Uh, I, I despise sunlight. But <laughs> I I often wondered like if I had the ability to go outside year round and like do something outside, not just like walk from my car or whatever. Um, would I play less video games? Because like I I always say like video games are like a winter activity because I can't really go outside. And then when summer starts, it's like, I should be outside, so I can't justify a game. Granted, it was like 65 today, and I sat inside and play video games, but, you know, don't judge me. It's also, as video games became more of something you do with other people, which I like, uh, it's it's being on the same schedule with them, it's being in the same games as they are, it's having a system that are capable of all that at the yeah. same time. Yeah. Like, I was into city of heroes for a good number of years and city of heroes being gone is a bummer because i would love to just be able to jump back into city of heroes every once in a while um and maybe meet up with some of my friends who are still playing it or you know just like do some sort of reunion thing like not subscribe to wow for 10 years straight but if you're playing wow for a couple of years and you come back after taking a year off and you run into some of the same people again you get that that rush of oh this is fun Mm. But without that style of game around and the time and everything else and, and the monthly su- subscription or whatever, it's just, it's tough. But the, the Ready Player One thing, it's not even the gaming stuff that I'm worried about. It's the the pop culture stuff. Because I am a person who sits there and references pop culture all the time. Like, it's it's so ingrained into me and... I'm the guy who will like, oh, like that episode of Friends or, oh, like how they they spun off from All in the Family, these other shows and stuff. And, and it's it's crap. I, I realize it's a crutch for me in conversation because I'm nervous talking to people. But I can't not do it. And I feel like if I watched a movie about that, it's not going to make me feel vindicated as much as it's going to just point out how weird I feel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to like beat a dead horse or tell you how you should feel about something that you haven't listened to yet. But um, the Ready Player One is all like '80s references for the most part, right? Which is why I enjoyed it because that was you know, especially there's a whole lot of Rush in there, and Rush was a big part of me growing up, and that's I think that's why I liked it more because it it wasn't like now pop culture, which is hot dog shit and but fuckery i don't know 
I, but for the kids now, uh, 20 years from now or 30 years from now, when it's like that's their culture that they're looking back at. And they're going to have to explain Kanye to their grandkids. Sorry. Sorry, you motherfuckers, but that's on you. Uh, I, I I get that. And and also it's it's like it's not really a weird thing. It's not like a special thing. I'm not the best pop culture referencer out there. Uh, there's. There's a whole fucking lot of us now. And yeah, yeah. when you're competing with the Will Wheatons and the uh, the Nerdist people and all that stuff, it's like, sure. But but my version of what I remember from the 80s is different from someone else's version of the 80s and so on and so forth. And if it's only the top stuff, if it's only the Steven Spielbergs and and Tron and those things that everybody knew about, that's not that interesting to me either. Yeah. You know, there's a minutia that, that I like, but it's, it doesn't have to be for me. I get that. It's not as, as far as audiobooks in general, I'm sure it's probably a really good experience because Will Wheaton reads it. And I would think that that would be awesome. Yeah. I, I'd listen to the Will Wheaton one. Obviously I don't think there is, but I still like person, reading but... visually. Um, yeah, I, I know I've, <clears throat> I can see that. And I know I've said this before and I'll, obviously say it again but there if i read uh, sometimes i'll get like a page and a half in and realize that i don't fucking have any idea what i just read <laughs> there there are definitely times that i have that happen and it i guess it depends on where you're reading and when you're reading yeah. or the i'm reading i'm reading i'm reading i'm asleep where the fuck did the day go i don't understand what happened <laughs> but I, I i do get excited when i get into a book still and I, i'm not one of those people who's just like it's got to be a paper book or anything like that i i love the kindle being able to have something with you that you can just pick up and, and jump into and it's easy on the eyes and stuff. Uh, JF's book, mm-hmm. The God in the Shed. Mm-hmm. I loved reading that book. I was I just poured into that. It, it, at first it was like, oh, I'll read this because it's JF's and also because it's it's a subject matter that I think is probably interesting. But as I was reading, I'm like, oh, shit, this is, this is really good. This is really good in the way of like, this is a book that I would pick up and choose to read on my own if I had no idea who wrote this and is evocative of other books that I've read that I've enjoyed, but still got to be its own thing. And it just all added up to a great experience. I was extremely happy with that. And it also made me like, Oh yeah, I'll go and I'll pick up another book and I'll read these other things over here and stuff. But also when I, when I read, I get pissed at myself because I should be writing some of this shit. You know, I should be doing these other things and it's just, we're going to talk about this a little bit during the movie review, I think, but I'm 46 years old and I definitely years young. No, <laughs> I'm not young in any way, shape or form. Trying your uh, I, I feel the uh, the finite span of my life approaching. And and there's the the ideas of like, I've only got so much time to accomplish the things that I want to accomplish and that list has to get shorter and shorter and, and things more focused. But at the same time that I'm trying to get more focused on those things, I'm losing time to my job, my career, my wife, which I'm totally OK with that. But it is like there's less me time involved and the me time that I have. I just so burn out from all the other stuff that I do that I just feel kind of broken and exhausted. And I'm like, eh. Maybe being an author isn't for me. Maybe there's a reason why I haven't done it in the last 20 years that I've wanted to. Maybe there's a reason why I, I went to school for, for music 
And then I put down my guitar and, and I don't pick it up anymore. Maybe I just have to be realistic. And this is just where we are with things. And it's a bummer. It's a it's a bummer to think that. So every once in a while, I'll kid myself and like, oh, I'll, I'll get this story going and I'll do this thing over here. And I'll be excited for that moment that it's happening and when it's done. I'm, I'm excited to have written. Uh, and I, I love to write when I'm actively doing it, but it's getting into a chair to make that happen. That it's just it's a huge process to get myself to do when there's the same fucking episodes of the Goldbergs on that I could watch again. <laughs> or or I spent all day cleaning up a little bit in the living room, but mostly watching Archer. It's just it's so easy to not care. Mm -hmm. Uh, that you, you you wish you cared more. Uh, yeah. I don't so really... you like Stephen King? I do like Stephen <laughs> King. I like Stephen King a lot. Um, I don't know how to respond to your much sadness that just happened, but... Well, I feel like Stephen King probably didn't waste all his fucking time watching Netflix. Stephen King didn't have Netflix to waste all of his time on. You have to keep. You, you do have to keep in mind that you know, ten years ago, Netflix wasn't a problem. No, but when, Stephen King has benefited from having Netflix being around now no, and yeah. wanting to do all his shit. Yeah. You know, what? maybe you should just eat like a handful of Adderall and just write an entire book. Ah, man, if I did drugs, I don't know if I don't know if that would be better for me or worse for me. No, it'd be worse. Like everything that I, ca caffeine makes me tired. Uh, most stuff that is supposed to be the oh take this pain pill and it, it won't make the pain go away but it'll make you not care it just makes me care more it makes me angry that the pain is still there yeah. and I took some fucking pill for it I, I don't I don't think that there's a I don't think there's a happy uh, push button and feel better thing for me I, I think I'm just this is who I am this is my, my lot in life and I'm okay mostly with my lot in life a little bummed I could have done better could have been worse. I, 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 yeah, I, I don't know. This root beer is okay. <laughs> just, just okay. It's just okay. But I got it's... I got a selection of root beers. We went to Bevmo on Friday, and I got another one of those uh, nutmeg root beers that I got that was like the holiday one a couple years ago, mm -hmm. and I'm super excited for that. But I I thought I'd get a few different ones, so I got it. I saw that they had Dang, which is a butterscotch one. I'll I'll probably have that next Ooh. week or something. And there were a few others that looked good. But since you always get on me about, oh, Corey's having an iced tea. Yeah, I'm going to have fucking iced tea because hey, it keeps me alive. Yeah, I don't. Just because I give you shit about it doesn't mean I, should, I think you should stop. But at least I know what Guarana is now. And yeah. I wonder why this feels like a, a ribbed for her pleasure around this bottle. It's got all these bumps on it. Because it's fucking. You're supposed to put it in your ass later. Later? When you're, well, you have to empty it out first. Otherwise, this brown just... bottle was clear when I got it. Oh, oh. Let's see here. There are apparently nine health benefits to guarana. It's Portuguese. It's a dietary supplement. It's a st well, it's a stimulant. Yeah. Twice am the I concentrated gonna caffeine. Am I going to shit on the show? It's twice the <laughs> concentration <laughs> of caffeine found in coffee seeds. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go unconscious in a minute. Yeah, your heart's it may stop depending on how fast it's already pumping. It's fine. I'm already talking so much bullshit. I need to slow down. Ooh, you are a salty, salty man. 
Uh, I suppose we should talk about this movie. I've just been complaining for like 25 minutes. Yeah, um, I'm going to sneeze, so you go ahead. Bless you. Oh, wow, he even muted himself. That's really fucking nice of him. Um, so, Gerald's Game. It's a movie film starring a man and a woman. <laughs> when a man loves a woman. And there's uh, The woman has a socket. <laughs> I think you're describing how we all reacted as as 14 year olds the first time they introduced a female transformer on the Generation One cartoon series. Probably. You're like, what the hell is this? There's a there's a female transformer. That means there's transformer sex, and everyone went right to plug and socket. Yeah, you put your GoBot in her vagina. I did not know of like a transformers term for that so you went with gobots yeah man i'm not that good at stuff leave me alone gobots are the worst you're the worst the absolute worst that will that will get you you will not get any action you'll be the the incel of the transformers world which i think is probably a transformers character it's probably some sort of like dinobot the incel luckily i don't Uh, get any as is so it doesn't really matter which again apt for the conversation we're going to be having about this movie that's very true um yeah so i don't i don't know you probably know better than i do about what this fucking movie is about Um, really because you've seen it twice now that's true i I mean they go uh a man and a woman go to he's a writer right i don't think so he seems to be some high-powered businessman that is a businessman yeah so they're trying to get away they're trying to get away from whatever he does Keep in mind, I one I watched this a long time ago, and then when I watched it today, I like half watched it because I had other shit to do, um, which was generally annoy my wife and fart in my dog's faces. Um, <clears throat> romance is dead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Let me let me take you a little pity on you then. So uh, <laughs> Gerald and his wife Jesse, it starts out with them driving up to an out of the way cabin, uh, off, kind of off the the beaten path and and to like seriously give themselves time to be together to rediscover their their romantic relationship with each other uh carla gugino who is just lovely and just wonderful been in a ton of stuff is my age i'm not sure how old bruce greenwood is but probably around the same age maybe a little bit older i they say in this that he's older than her by a number of years um, which makes him seem more sophisticated, but it also is uh, kind of part of problems that she's had that uh, we find out as the movie goes on. So they are driving up to the woods. Uh, on the way there, they see a stray dog in the street that they almost hit. The dog is eating some roadkill, a, a dead possum. And uh, Jesse feels bad about the dog and would like to kind of take care of it. She thinks maybe it has a a collar with a, a name and stuff on it that maybe they can find the owners. And and Gerald's like, no, no, we're not going to do that. You know, it's it's a it's a dog that's eating roadkill. It's it's probably not healthy. So they go on. They go to their place. Uh, in their place, Gerald sort of both of them are prepping for what is supposed to be a romantic getaway weekend, mm-hmm. where they are off the grid. Uh, they won't be disturbed. Uh, Gerald set it up with the gardeners, the housekeepers that are all taking care of the place and stuff so that they will have a magical time 
and not have to worry about cell phones or anything. They can just be together. And uh, we see uh, before things really get into that, we see Jesse packing away her negligee for the trip, which is, seems like the only thing that she packs away. And, and Gerald packs away a few things, including uh, two sets of handcuffs. And also a prescription for Viagra, uh, which we see when he gets there, he takes it. And I think he actually takes another one right before things start to get intimate. But it goes pretty fast into they're sitting outside. Uh, Jesse is trying to lure the dog over with some steaks that were in the fridge that turned out to be Kobe beef and about uh, 200 bucks a pop. Uh, but she she lures the dog over and then. Uh, Gerald comes out and scares it away, but they leave the stakes out there and then they go into the house and leave the door open. A lot of the foreshadowing of we've got Chekhov's dog, we've got Chekhov's steak, we've got a door left open. All these things are are set up for what's going to happen. So they go to bed and try to have some intimate times and it doesn't work out. And a big reason why it doesn't work out is while... Gerald seems into doing a fantasy, which is more than a little bit rapey. Uh, He thinks it's all consensual. He thinks it's something that they're both into and doesn't know that Jesse is not into it and doesn't pick up her signals of how not into it she is. Uh, They get in an argument. He winds up having a heart attack and falls on top of her on the bed she is handcuffed to the bed and they do make a, a oh, point of saying that the handcuffs are not play handcuffs. They're real handcuffs that she can't break away from and the bed is reinforced. And so she's stuck there and she tries to get up and she kind of kicks him off the bed. And as he hits the floor, he hits his head. His head starts bleeding. She sees the blood stream out. And then eventually the dog comes in and starts eating Gerald. And that's just in the first couple of minutes. That's true. The, the, what is it? It's a 90-minute movie, right? It's not like about two that. hours and it's not short. It does not feel like a very long movie. Like It, it moves. It does. And, and one of the things that I had seen the preview for this, uh, however many months ago that they first were introducing it on Netflix, and they get to the part with Gerald's presumably dead on the floor and the dog comes in and she's still chained to the bed. And you kind of feel like, okay, so that's that's what this is about and how she fights off the elements to eventually get out of the bed. And there is that, but it deepens because, and I think this is kind of a Stephen King thing, is that she starts talking to Gerald's ghost, but then she also starts talking to uh, a, a sort of apparitionist version of herself. And the two of them arguing with each other and with her about whether or not she's going to get out of there alive and why she's there in the first place and other things that have happened to her. And we go into some of her memories about why she, not necessarily the only reason why, but some of the reasons why she had an issue with what Gerald's fantasy was in relation to abuse from her father. And these scenes moved the thing along in a much stronger sense than what I expected it to be. And then there's one other thing that they introduce 
which we will get to a little bit, but it was, again, it felt very Stephen King to me from other stuff that I've watched of his in relation to things like uh, Pet Cemetery, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, because he does things that could be very straightforward stories, but then he introduces supernatural aspects that, for me, makes them more interesting depending on how it plays out. In this, I thought it was interesting. I don't know how I feel about how it all came together at the very end, uh, but we'll talk about that. But at some point, she starts seeing a figure in the room besides the dog, uh, besides the the version of her and of Gerald that she's imagining. She sees one other thing in there, which we presume is death. Uh, it keeps showing her a box full of trinkets that it's taken from other dead people. And as Gerald's talking to her about it, he's like, yeah, these are the things that he, it saves from people. And it's all of this adds up to being the movie not feeling like it's just her trying to get out. It's a lot deeper and a lot more interesting in why it, it speeds along for that 90 minutes as opposed to feeling like it goes too long. Yeah, I don't, uh, I didn't care for this part. Like the, the twist, the twist I did not like, but it's very... I don't want to say it's a very Stephen King twist, but it is. It's it's not that it's not, but it. Remember when we talked about, um, not Saw. What's the other one that the the? <sighs> yeah, give me something to work with here, buddy. Yeah, I'm trying to remember it. It uh, Hostel. Oh, okay, yeah. Hostel. I forget the term for those movies. What everybody considers saw, which I don't consider it as much, but they definitely consider gore, like gore, gore porn, gore porn. Yeah, yeah, the gore porn stuff. Uh, one of the issues that I had said that I had with Hostel was at the end, things kind of come together a bit too neatly for the guy. He he escapes, but then he gets to go on this sort of like, as I'm escaping, I run into the doctor who killed my friend or I run into the girls who who convinced us to go to this thing in the first place and and tricked us into being kidnapped and and tortured and stuff uh, and I get to hit them with my car and I convince the kids to go beat up these guys and stuff it, it just becomes so pat at the end of like oh well that's all very convenient and stuff I'm not saying that this is quite at that level but there is a matter of at the end of this what we presumed was this figure of death. It turns out is not. And we not only get the discovery of that's not what it was, but she gets to have closure with that figure, which I guess is also a closure of what she felt towards Gerald and what she felt towards her dad, uh, uh, Tom. But yeah, in, in that regard, it, it feels a little tied up in a way that doesn't feel realistic to the rest of the story. Now I, 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 I get that the, the death guy, the moonlight man, uh, as he's called is, is not realistic in the sense that we're, ex- we're expecting that it's death. It's just this figure that shows up in the room. It looks a bit kind of like a, uh, the figure from sinister or the figure from, uh, the Baba Duke, those kinds of things. It's a very interesting look. Yeah, but I guess the one good thing that they did is they explain why he's like weird and lanky and a fucking weird creepy dude um, at the end because he has like some weird disease or something makes his head all 
Yeah, but it takes weird. all the the magic and mysticism of it away, and oh, it really does. it's it's such yeah. a pat explanation. If it was just a dark figure in the room, but they had to dress it up with this dis- disease to explain, like it could have just been her eyes. Like she's seeing a figure in the side of the room. Why wouldn't her imagination make it look disfigured? Why wouldn't her imagination be what sets it to make it look unreal as it's stalking her Which and is- to make her? believe that it's not necessarily there it's definitely something i would have preferred because she's been stuck in this bed for what is it like it's almost almost two and a half days three days something like that it's a whole weekend at this point so to say that she's you know hungry and and dehydrated and her brain's fucking with her is not really that out of the realm of of a possibility um oh yeah so making him look elongated and making his arms longer than normal and his his head misshapen and all these things didn't feel necessary. No. So beat in the chat is saying that it's, it's the book. The book said that it's not the filmmakers. And I want to clarify, like, I don't think that the people who made the movie, like fucked this up. Like I admittedly have never read the book, so I don't know what this guy's supposed to be like, or, or what differences there are from the book and the movie. Um, I'm just saying I didn't care for that story twist. Like I'd almost prefer he still be like death or some sort of, figure or apparition or ghost or something like i didn't like the twist at the end where hey he's actually a real person and he's some serial killer and his eyes shine because you know he ate too much pussy and he's got some disease and his head is huge what i do want to talk oh go ahead i was gonna say what i do want to talk about is when she fucking pulled her hand out of that handcuff oh jesus christ (sighs) (sighs) yeah (sighs) yeah so i have to admit to myself that i am squeamish uh, at times, dude, and, that got and me. That wow, got yeah, me. that was not good. Well, <laughs> that I, was I, not good at all. Yeah, I'm like, oh, it's going to be some blood, and her hands just going to slide out. I didn't realize that the all the skin was going to pull away. Oh, oh man, yeah. I have just but, the strangest boner right now. <laughs> it's a brilliant moment where she's deciding that this is how she's going to get out, hmm. and she's going to cut up her hand, and she's going to. I thought she was going to cut off one of her fingers. I didn't know how she was going to do yeah, it. Yeah, same here. But the, the whole process she goes through is pretty vicious because she knows that the blood is slick and will help her pull her her hand out through the handcuff, uh, and it's the only chance she has to do it. But on top of that, she's already lost a lot of energy from being cuffed, from having no circulation in her wrist for a couple of days, from having no food, for having very limited water. I loved the moments of her kind of figuring out how to extend her time and how to how to get the water and everything. And I loved how the the clues were laid by the the apparitions that she was talking to. All that stuff was was very, very cool. Um and it that moment was such a huge payoff, but also just so disturbing. And the moment following that when she's driving in the car and she's blacking out as she's driving, but then she opens up her eyes and the moonlight man grabs her from behind in the car and just kind of leans into her and calls her mouse. And one of the things in this is that she doesn't like being called mouse. The apparition for Gerald starts calling her that. Mm -hmm. And that's what reminds her of the time that her father uh, sexually abused her when she was 12, which is a very, very difficult scene to watch. And they upped the ante of that because as as rough as that scene was to watch, 
the scene where he convinces her not to tell anybody by by basically mind fucking her of saying, well, I think we should tell your mom. She's going to be really mad at us. She's not going to blame you, though, implying she's totally going to blame you. Everybody's going to hate you. And just how that whole thing goes on to make it feel like she thinks it's her decision not to tell anyone that he did this to her and basically made it seem like it was her fault. And the only way that she's going to be okay is to agree to not say anything to anybody ever. And when she describes about what her life was like after that, every time she'd look at him and she would get these glances and stuff from him and it would remind her, or she would wonder, is he doing this to my little sister? You know, and, and it, basically tore her away from her own family. That was such a heart-wrenching thing. But I think that they accomplished so much in this without having to show as much as what you would expect if you're going to have a... Yes, she gets sexually abused by her dad. So you imagine these horrible, horrible things are going to show on screen. They don't show a lot, but what they do, I think, accomplishes uh, just an amazing amount. Um, and it, it, it's sickening, but it shows part of what kind of strength that she has, that she has already dealt with that kind of pain in her life before and the resilience and stuff that she's accomplishing by kind of going against that and going against the situation that she's stuck in, uh, being in those cuffs in that place where nobody's there to hear or help her. Yeah, it's good. It's great. It's grand. <laughs> I don't know. You you came into this uh, telling me that you thought this movie was really good. I d- yeah, I did. I did enjoy this movie. Um, <clears throat> I I guess I don't know where because that, it's a leading question. I know you're ex- you're expecting some sort of response out of me. Um, well, when you say something's good, what is it that appealed to you? I thought the story was fucking good. All right. I, I'm not disagreeing. I, I want you to express that. It made me happy to have watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I don't know, man. Like I, I, I liked the story. Um, I, and then I know that I spent the majority of my time talking, ragging on the fact that the Moonlight Man has made a human being and goes to trial and all this shit at the end, and, and the ending was kind of dumb. But up until that point, like I, I really like. How do you take let me see how many how many characters are in here? One, two, three, four, five. And then a young Jesse from all the flashbacks. Six, well seven if you include the dog. I feel like the dog had a really big part in the role or part in the movie. So with seven people and minimal flashbacks, like how do you make that interesting? Right. And I don't feel like this I felt like it was a quick moving book. Or excuse me, a quick moving movie. It was a decent story until the end. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's uncomfortable at certain times because of the flashbacks and when she the whole wrist thing and the in the um, handcuffs. But it's definitely something I have suggested people to watch on more than one yeah. occasion. So uh, I didn't know this going in, but I felt like it as I was watching it, and it turns out that the the director slash writer of this movie other than the fact that it's a Stephen King story, but the person who did the script for it, uh, 
is what's his name? Mike Flanagan. Mm. Mike Flanagan also did the movie Hush for Netflix, which we oh. reviewed uh, two years ago, pretty soon into doing the show. And I felt as I was watching it, the the being so far away from anybody who can really help you, uh, the, your location being the, oh. one of the scariest parts of what is happening in the film. And, and that's where the danger comes from. Uh, I felt that was similar. And to see uh, him be able to accomplish such a great movie using that kind of setup again, uh, but doing it in different ways, I thought was really well done. Yeah. Uh, he also did the, the movie Oculus, uh, which I wasn't as enamored with. I think I liked a lot of that up until the ending as well, but the ending in that one just seemed a little too telegraphed to me. Yeah. We did um, Hush two years and three days ago. Yeah. You know what's kind of crazy is that we've almost been doing this for three years. Yeah, I saw uh, Erica from Apex in the Abyss is celebrating her two-year anniversary for her show. Yeah, I want to tell her she sucks at life. (laughs) Uh, I, I, I did something like that, except... Uh, the opposite, where I said she was awesome, I'm and te- so is her show. Texting her right now and says you suck at life. That's good. She'll See? appreciate that. Uh, funny about her since she came up. I was sitting at work and I was talking to someone that I ra- like casually have conversations with, and she knows I do a podcast. And um, the new Post Malone album came out, and I fucking love it. And I know she also likes him, so I t- I sent her a message. We used Jabber at work, and I said, hey, the new Post Malone is there's no fire emoji, so I used a pizza emoji because pizza is fire. Um, and Burns she, her with the mouth if you get it just the right time. Yeah, yeah, a little too, uh, a little too hot. It'll hurt you. Um, but, yeah, so she messaged me back, and she goes, ah, oh, sorry, I've been listening to all these true crime podcasts, and uh, I haven't listened to it. And I was like, oh, what are you listening to? And she goes, oh, you know, Sword and Scale, Apex and the Abyss. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> like, I know her. She goes, really? And I'm like, well, clearly you have not listened to the two episodes that I've been on. And then she apparently listened to the Zodiac one and had no clue that uh, that was me. Right. Like, okay. Uh, I mean, whatever it is, what it is. But um, yeah, so I thought that was interesting. So I, I had to tell Erica about that, that some random person I work with was very impressed that uh, that she's been on our show more than once and that yeah i would call you her are now friend. cooler to this person who know. knows you personally <laughs> she's like you're famous i'm like yes i wouldn't go that far i know no, but we know people. really awesome people yeah that's the way i always yeah. look at it um but yeah so and and that was the thing is she's posting about her two-year anniversary i'm like god have we i guess we've been doing this show for a couple of years uh august 11th will be three years wow yeah and I mean, Else Nerds hasn't been Else Nerds for as long, but I've been doing stuff with Gregor for probably about four years or five years now. Uh, it's 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 insane that we we're still showing up every week to do this kind of shit. I'm trying to think, and I'm still having fun with it. I'm fairly certain I started podcasting. It'll almost it's almost eight years because it was right after I moved to town. I was still working at Noodles and Company, and that was the first job I got when I lived here. And that's it'll be eight years in August. That's yeah, what I did before, up. what I did before, um, what we're watching weekly was I had the the show with my friends, uh, which was certainly inconsistent with its schedule. 
Uh, so I, and was, was definitely a self-indulgent hanging with your friend show. Although we did try to at least have subjects and, and stick with them. Uh, and, and I loved doing that and I, I would love to, to go back and still do stuff with them like that. But it's kind of hard to say that it's a real show in the sense of, you know, production, putting, putting the time in showing up regularly. Like it's, it's, it's challenging. So many shows start and leave and never make it that far. And I'm not saying that we're better than shows that have done that necessarily. Yeah. Uh, but there is something to be said for showing up. But when I, when I see someone like Erica hitting her two year anniversary, who I know she's had breaks and stuff, but has realistically, you know, put in a lot of work on oh, her yeah. show oh, yeah. or, or Jack and Dan who are on hiatus at the moment. But again, the amount that they put into their shows uh, it's it's pretty incredible to me, and 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 I admire that, and that's what I that's what I look to as my inspiration to to keep coming back. Plus, I get to hang out with you, or I, I get to hang out with Gregor and B, or now I get to hang out with with Nate and Brandon. I I love that. I love that stuff. Yeah, um, Beat says that he started, or he said I've started watching what we're watching in 2013, so at least five years. Sorry, yeah. Beat, I am uh, drinking, and your accent comes through via text, I believe. I've never once heard the guy talk, so I only presume he has a thick... A Rastafarian accent. Ra- oh, he's a yeah. Rastafarian. Okay. I was going to go with um, North African, but where's he from? Beat, where are you from? I know this, and I could totally find this, but it's much easier for me to ask you and then wait like 40 seconds for you to respond. Whatever he tells you, it's going to be a lie. Probably. Um, I should, since you mentioned Jack, I should probably, you know, month, month away teaser, but Jack will be coming back for episode 130. I still... Oh, holy shit, this is episode 126. I said 125. You did that, say 125. That means I said 124 when we really were on 125. <laughs> so people should understand that you're a filthy liar. And oh, beats from space. Uh, I'm also a drunk. Well, you're honest about that. Yeah, we all have our downfalls. I still really want to do the. I know Grumman's three is is apparently officially happening. Uh, I don't care. I still want to do the Gremlin show with Jack. Yeah, I, I just want to. We still talk a show about Jack. Still brings it up. It's just yeah. time and 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 all no, of I, that. And and I know, um, I know you know, but I don't. We haven't really mentioned it. I, I'm going to force um, a break this summer just because. Um, now that we're in the house, like I need to stay on top of the yard work, and and I want to get out more and and just enjoy the summer, which I know Corey's been very understanding about. But um, I, Jack and I had talked about doing it over our summer break and also their summer break. So we're still doing something. It's just not this. Right. And it'll probably end up being a lot less work for me, which is funny because this isn't a ton of work for me. No, you've, you've definitely put in the least amount of effort as you could. And you somehow have done less. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> other than carrying you through this fucking show week after That's week. That's true. That's very true. Um. Uh, but that was all ever since the get-go. Like, I wanted the show just to be fun. I didn't want it to be a ton of work. No, I agree. It's just, yeah. you know, and now that it's warm out, that I don't want to be tied down. And I'm married. Sounds totally so want to be tied down. So, here's... 
that's a different conversation. Here's uh, one thing that I don't know how comfortable you are getting into this. Butt stuff? But I'm, I'm going to fucking go for it. I put a toothbrush so, in my ass once. The, the whole thing of Gerald's game starts with a married couple who've been together for, I think, 11 years is what they say in this. And uh, they've been together, or they've been married eleven years. I think they've been married for eleven years. Okay. I think I think that's what I remember them them saying. Okay. And they're going on this weekend to to rediscover the the passion and the romance of their relationship. And obviously, they both have different ideas of what that means. Uh, but Gerald is, like I said, if if. Uh, if Jesse is my age, if the actress who plays Jesse is my age, which is uh, the, true, and Gerald is uh, supposed to be a few years older than her, uh, Gerald is uh, using chemical help to... Boner pills! Little blue pills, which we all recognize. I guess they make you thirsty. Uh, I'm thirsty all the time anyway, so I don't know what that's going to do for me. But... So they've gone months without actually having uh, intimacy Coitus. with each other. Coitus. Sure. But but she says, you know, it's been months since you've even touched me. And and that's the thing is that sex and intimacy don't necessarily mean the same thing. But having been with my wife, you know, we've been married for five years, but we've been together for 19 Holy uh, shit, I didn't realize. Oh yeah. Wow. My wife's 38. She was 19 when we started going out. Uh I assumed you were both 24. That's thank you. a bold-faced lie, but I'm saying it because oh, I, absolutely. Love you, I love you both. Um I didn't realize you were together that long. That's impressive, man. And I, I don't mean to take away what you're saying. I mean, listen, I've been together for this is this is 10 10 years. Yeah. So it's crazy. And and I know that you you've made jokes about where your uh, sex life is. <laughs> if, if they're jokes, I don't know. Oh no, I, they're I totally to not. Pursue. But it's also like the you get married and and other thing like you have other things to do, and it just like when you're dating, it, it seems kind of like a priority because you're you're trying so hard to like impress and keep the other person happy. Impress, but also you're just you're hungry for them. It's it's a new thing. You're excited. You want to explore every little bit. You want to have every conversation. You'll stay up all night talking yeah. on the phone, even though yeah. you know you only get two hours of sleep. Yep. And then you go to work the next day, and you can't wait to get out of there mm-hmm. to to talk to them again. Um, and and I it's weird because there are the it seems like stages of how a relationship goes on, and at some point in time, the intimacy perceptibly you feel like oh the intimacy is is dried up it's gone but it's not it's just it's something else and and sometimes the intimacy is an understanding and and that understanding may be hey my body doesn't necessarily do the things that i wanted to do uh in the bedroom anymore or my health is not at a level that you know maybe if i take a little blue pill i'm gonna have a heart attack and you're gonna watch a dog eat me for the next three hours uh but this is this is kind of a like if that had been what the movie was all about, it's a very interesting concept to me, but also a kind of hitting home concept to me that maybe I don't want to watch this with the wife because it's a little too real. 
Yeah, Alyssa and I did what the first time I watched it. We watched it together, and the only thing she said was, "Well, I'm not letting you handcuff me to the bed anymore." I said, "Well, I'm not taking Viagra, so I think we're good." But would you? Would I take Viagra? And would you handcuff her to the bed? Oh fuck yeah, I would. Uh, I I've thought about like, <clears throat> I have made jokes about um, taking Viagra, and part of part of it's like part of the idea scares the shit out of me because. I don't know what might happen. Like, I don't have a problem in that department. So if I take, <laughs> it's like, um, it's like, it'd be like being wide awake and drinking a shit ton of Red Bull. So it's like, it's just not needed. So what's, what's the result? Would I have a heart attack? Would I just have like a fucking top five boner for four hours? Some people take Viagra, for the recreational, for the the super penis, uh, that it's it's not that you necessarily need it, but you take it because oh, this will be a lot of fun, and 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 it's not like I can't have sex normally. It's I don't want to have sex normally. I want to have sex superhumanly. Uh, so it could be like this. This would be fun to do for a weekend, but there is the reaction like they Gerald's ghost talks to Jesse and says. You know, I didn't tell you about this for six months. And she's like, well, I, I figured it out on my own. I discovered it on my own. And he's yeah. like, yeah, but then we never said anything about it. And and uh, the, the movie This is 40, which is a great movie, uh, Judd Apatow film. There's the part where Paul Rudd. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that movie. Oh, man, I I love that movie. Um, but again, a little too real. Paul Rudd like tries to take Viagra and his his wife is like, why the fuck do you need Viagra to have sex with me? And and sometimes that's that's a question. Is well, is so, it going to be reacted to in a way that is seen as negative? It if it's like, what if you can't control it? Like I'm, like I said, I'm 46. I'm not in great shape, but my body does not perform in a way that that it performed when Aaron and I got together. Yeah, and I, she deserves more intimacy. I again, I don't equate necessarily intimacy with sex but certainly sex can be a sign of a, a fun form of intimacy and yeah, yeah enjoyable between people um so what i was going to say is we Alyssa, whatever her and i have friends who are no longer married but they were and he took viagra that was the only way like she had um the fucking like the sex drive of some insane teenager and it was very very strange but he had to take viagra because he had such an insane porn addiction that he couldn't fucking get it up he was also cheating on her and there's a whole bunch of other problems but i think oh, like shit. now in our world like viagra is equated to like maybe you spend a little too much time on the dark corners of the internet so for it to come up at this point like I'm in my early thirties. I'm probably in better shape than I have been in, in since playing soccer in high school. Um, I'm still, yeah, you of, work hard to still kind of fat, but yourself. yeah, but, yeah, I, but I still you, work out a, a bunch and, you know, yeah. try to be remain active. Um, so I think like right now, like I don't have that need. Like there's been on more than one occasion, where I have gotten what I like to call a top five boner, and I'm like, we cannot let this go to waste. 
And <laughs> so, like, if this thing dies without going out with a blaze of glory, like, it was a waste. Um, I like how this has now turned into, like, relationship talk, sex talk. No, but that's... But, but that's what I, this whole movie is kind of based off of, so I, I, right, I'm exactly. okay with it. I don't really care one way or the other. Um, one thing Corey and I are not is, like, shy about many, many things. Um, I feel like if we did this this episode and we didn't talk about this at least a little bit, then it would be dishonest. As, yeah, as much and, as we tangent about anything. That's true. So be, be pointing out that some people have physical or mental issues, so they don't really have a choice, um, right. and Viagra gets them back that quality of life, which I completely agree. Um, and for them, hell yeah. So to me, like taking Viagra when I don't need it, it's by definition, abuse of, of the drug. But I completely see from like the thrill seeker or just the fucking, I've done drugs that I have no reason doing for uh, no reason other than just kind of want to see what this is like. So does it be the same thing with Viagra taking it? If I I don't need it just to see what it's like. But I feel like if you, if you are having problems uh, or even if you're not, but you're taking Viagra to be intimate with your your spouse, your your wife or or husband, yeah. uh, if you're male and you're married to a man, then you're you're making a conscious choice to do something so that you can be intimate with that person. And should that be insulting to them, or is it like, but this is this is what I want to do because I want to be intimate with you, I want to please you, I want to have sex with you. Mm-hmm. I'm just lacking the ability. On, on a on a regular basis, it's not like I'm totally incapable of of ever getting that that 13 year old boner, but it's Fuck. it's not it's not necessarily all the time or as long as I needed to be or whatever. And and that's I I had a friend uh, send me a message on Facebook recently, uh, basically because I I've been not feeling healthy lately. I have a lot of weekends where I'm just so down on energy and I, I'm either I've got headaches or I'm just worn out from work all week or whatever. And, and some of that may be emotional, but she suggested, have you had your testosterone tested and by your doctor? This is something I was going to bring up. Finish your story. Well, I don't know the technicalities of it, but I have never really had a, high testosterone level without being checked Mm -hmm. uh i've never had a high sex drive i didn't have sex until i was 25 years old uh not because there weren't some opportunities but i didn't act on it and and some of that was because i had problems with with the idea of opening up to somebody else some of it was at points religious in my viewpoint i thought maybe it's not something i should definitely my mom had instilled to me like don't go having sex with somebody unless you can handle having a family because that may fucking happen. Um, Whatever the case may be, by the time I got to 25, it was just shit. Is this really ever going to happen or not? And it was, it was my decision most of the time, not all the time. There were definitely times when maybe I would have said yes, if I had gotten a, a yes from the other person, but yeah, so, but, even with that, I know that I am not a virile person. Uh, so it's possible that I could have low testosterone. 
And that could be a symptom of a lot of problems that I have. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't consider it a bad thing. I just consider it like, no, is it something that's... that I'm looking to correct or not? I've had this conversation with my friend James in, in Kansas because he's in kind of the same boat you are, like low sex drive, and I believe his wife is the same, whereas I'm a fucking walking boner. And sometimes I feel bad because I'm always hunting and my wife, like, hey, let's do this. And she's, she's on the low end too, and it is what it is. It's just, um, but what I was going to say is in the state of Wisconsin, um, they, they now see testosterone therapy as an insurable treatment because if you have higher testosterone your your body remains healthy longer like i know a a very very good friend of mine is going through it and he said it's fucking awesome he's 42 now i believe and he says he feels like he's fucking 18 most days you know your testosterone starts to dip and he's very very alpha so when his testosterone started to dip he you could see a change in his personality and now that he's on testosterone therapies he's fucking homeboy again so but that's what i worry about is that i am not and never have been alpha and i'm i'm someone who remains calm in situations i mean you hear me rant on here but it's it's mostly just bullshit yeah. uh because it's the only chance i really have to bitch about something and for the most part it's just like oh well this sucks but whatever, you know, and I, I just go along. I don't have that competitive nature. I've never been into sports because I just I don't give a shit about winning over somebody else. I, I enjoy stuff of people accomplishing things together, but accomplishing things together so that another team loses isn't my thing. Uh, but I, I would worry that if I did have my testosterone adjusted, that it might change my personality and maybe it wouldn't do it in a in a bad way but it's still a concern i don't i don't want to have who i am be different but i certainly would like to be able to express things uh with my wife that i think she deserves like is the reason why we haven't had kids because you know kids aren't the right choice for us which is what i thought going in or is it because of physicality reasons that I just never adjusted for. No, but this is... Um, Beat says uh, people are individuals, so are their needs and likes, which is true. Um, women like men who go first in bed. He also can't type. I edited all of his fuck-ups because I care about him. Um, we've we've talked about kids on more than one occasion on this show, and, 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 and I'm not shy about the fact that we have decided not to have children now th- does that mean that seems to, to the people seem to think that i don't like kids because we don't want to have them i fucking love kids i have no problem i know a lot of my friends have kids ranging from newborns to um the singer of my band's son is 14 and he's a fucking smart ass 14 year old but if if push came to shove i'd be there you know um i have i have a goddaughter who's i don't know less than one older than zero um and and i took that in the understanding that if something happened to her parents like we would take care of her so it's not that like i have i hate kids i just don't want my own you know like i prefer to play video games on a sunday and sit inside and do that or you know i i like my freedom but that doesn't mean that i wouldn't be able to care for someone else 
Yeah, that's that's one of the things that I had discussed with with Aaron is like I, I I don't think that we'd be bad parents, but I do think that we're both kind of selfish with our time that what you look at giving up to have a kid because you absolutely do. You have to realize the, the responsibilities, the amount of, of time and love that you're going to have to show that other person. I, I don't think that we'd have a problem with the love, but she the time. Yeah, she comes home and she she draws all the time. She does her art. And and I want her to always be able to do that. I do the the lion's share of the grocery shopping. You know, I I'm the one who cleans up the kitchen and I take care of the cats and stuff. And I'm not saying that she wouldn't do that. And there's certainly been times in our relationship where she was more the homemaker than I am. But by the time I get through my week and all the the responsibilities that I have, the the things that I allow myself to do for fun, which is mostly down to podcast now. I would feel bad if if I was doing that and sacrificing the time for a kid. Uh, but I would feel like if I had a kid, I would have to give up this other thing. And how would that make me feel mm-hmm. um, to lose the the couple of vices that I have uh, talking shit on the Internet a couple of times a week or whatever? Yeah, uh, yeah. it's and I, I want to give a child a quality of life beyond that. And as we've struggled for money. And we struggled of wondering if we were going to keep our home and all these things for the last 10 years. It was the, the idea was buying a home was to be able to at some point raise a family in it if that's what we decided to do. And then it turned out, no, buying a home was exactly what you could never do if you wanted to have a kid because <laughs> you're never going to be able to take fucking time off. You're never going to be able to not work. Uh, you're going to struggle financially month after month, year after year. And and so yeah, let's add another financial burden in the meantime. People listening should be should know that like you got fucked though because you bought a house and then the market crashed. Like I bought my first house when the market was at its worst. So too very well. Also, the cost of living is far 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 cheaper here, and and this that and the other thing. But there's no way you could have known when you bought that house that the that what was going to happen. I feel like people were looking at the warning signs and paying more attention and and it was inexperience on my end. And it was just like, oh, yeah, we can totally do this. It'll be great. And as soon as we signed the paperwork, I'm like, wait, how much is our payment? How is that going to happen? I what? What did I just get? And and even then, for the, the couple of years of making it work with with roommates or whatever else. But just seeing it get slowly worse and worse and worse and. Honestly, it the other thing is home ownership is not necessarily the right move for everybody. You know, because right. I'm I'm great inside my four walls, outside my four walls, I just don't give a shit, you know, then maybe you you live in an apartment or maybe you get a condo where someone else takes care of all that stuff outside so you don't have to think about the gutters falling off the front of your place. Uh and you don't <laughs> have to think of fucking about gutters. Back. Yeah, it, it's but that's that's the realism is that as we're growing up, as we're becoming adults and we're, we're trying to to walk this path of like what it means to be a, a person and an adult and everything else. It there's things that we've seen other people do and we think, oh, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. My parents owned a house, so I'm supposed to own a house. My parents had kids, so I'm supposed to have kids. And then maybe those aren't the right choices but it's been instilled in us that that's the american dream for so long and the american dream changed and and needed to be different and and the people who have these dreams are having different ones now but 
at first you're just like, well, this is what I was, this is what I was shown. So shouldn't I do these things? Isn't this what it's supposed to be like? And fucking nice thing to get knocked up one day and have to realize, oh, that was a complete utter error. And I'm not saying that it's for everyone, but yeah, for us, it kind of turned out to be. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's weird. And that that's that's sort of the the ending of this movie. Because <laughs> um, this all came from this. That's true. It, it also feels a little pat because she gets out of the house and she talks about, well, the police and the lawyers and everybody were all, they understood what happened and they were all on my side on it. And then I got a big life insurance payout and stuff from his business and everything and got to go and start my own uh, facility to help other people who've been uh, raped or sexually abused or whatever and I tell them my story every day and it's like that's very sweet but again it's it's the uh, you, you mentioned the white people problems before yeah. the show it is the rich people closure at the end of the movie now I guess not a lot of poor people are going to go out to a nice house in the middle of nowhere on a lake and stuff and be able to have that to begin with but it is everything gets resolved really well in the end and I think that that comes from the privileges of what this rich couple had to work with. Yeah. Maybe that's why it feels so pat. Whereas for a lot of other people, if you were in a similar situation coming out of it, you don't get to recover. Even if you get away, you spend the rest of your life uh, dealing with the the pains and the atrocities that were done in that weekend and never get answers or never feel okay again. And while she has, uh, she's always going to have issues with her hand uh, after all the surgeries. She had three surgeries. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and a lot of people wouldn't get that. They wouldn't have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where the disappointment I have towards the end. I I did like the line when the uh, the Moonlight Man looks at her when she calls him out in the court. Which again, white woman comes walking up in the middle of the courtroom. Nobody, as far as bailiffs or security, jump on her, pull a gun on her, anything. They don't freak out until a guy turns around and breaks apart his cuffs. Uh, Not realistic. But she walks up and she calls him out and he turns around and he looks at her and he says, you're not real. You were made of moonlight. Like that line is beautiful and evocative of that. As she was wondering if he was real or not, he looked at her and wondered if she was real probably because of the way that she was reacting to him or not reacting to him in that room. But whatever the case is, it's like, it's a, it's a wonderful final line. I just don't necessarily love how we got to that line. I feel like that whole last bit was not necessary and maybe made the whole thing feel less real and less impactful. very touching very very touching Corey. well there's a lot of touching in this movie that's true i know there's like all these stories i could talk about and i'm like maybe i should just shut the fuck up like maybe people are sick of hearing about our personal take on life oh maybe but then why do they listen to us did you feel bad about the dog like they never really say what happened to the dog but i, I just want to be okay but I, yep. I assume that if the dog sits there and eats a eats a guy whether he was dead when we walked in there or not i don't feel like that dog's gonna not get put down <laughs> when they find that dog it is getting put down 
for sure because it ate a human being. Right. Through no fault of its own. But hey man, I'm just a dog. And and they, they make statements in that the dog's just doing what is natural to the dog. You know, the dog's getting tired of eating him because that meat is now soured and and you are fresher meat. It's not the dog's fault. Uh but <laughs> kick yeah. the dog in the face. It's very true. It's very true. Yeah, I hope All right. the dog's cool. The dog OD'd on Viagra, says Beat. <laughs> dog had a boner for like nine months. Um, Man. Yeah, so you want to rate this? Yeah. Do you want to go first? Yeah. Uh, it's a good movie. It's, a it's, uh, movie. it's definitely a difficult movie to watch. And, and like I said, there are parts where I was squeamish, uh, both for the violence of trying to get out of the cuffs but also for the the violence against jesse from her dad the the violence of the what gerald considered intimacy but was a rape fantasy which is i i'm not into that and i felt uncomfortable for her going through that it 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 was grotesque but it's only grotesque because they weren't both into it. If it's something they were both on board and it was all cool and they had established rules and stuff going in, wonderful. I, I'm I'm all for you guys having that. But since it was one sided, it made it difficult to to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, which fortunately there wasn't much of that. But it's there. Uh, the the movie overall, movie overall, like I said, the the ending seems a little pat. But so much of it is so good. I'm gonna give it for me a uh, 3.5. I mean, I give it the exact same thing. So I don't feel like you did that poorly of a job. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's um it's a I really... mean, Corey, you suck, but you don't suck as bad as yeah. what you thought you sucked. Yeah, you suck like a medium amount, not like a ton. Right. Um <clears throat> But uh, yeah, so it's it's a good movie. There's a ton of like really cool, interesting scenes and and like the whole the wrist thing. I keep fucking going. Like when someone asks about this, like the wrist the wrist scene is the first thing I think about, and then everything else kind of comes after that. It um, is a pretty it's, major visual. Yeah, yeah. Um, towards the end, I mean the the whole Midnight Man or excuse me, Moonlight Man. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't do it for me, but the rest of the movie is is good enough and better than just that one, um, just that one portion. So I can overlook it. But uh, yeah, I give it a three and a half. That's yeah, fair. Yeah, you're fair. And and for anybody who may not have listened back two years ago or or missed the episode, uh, if you enjoy this movie, I highly recommend you go back and watch. Hush uh, being mm-hmm. not a Stephen King story, but having some similar themes. It's also still on Netflix, right? Yeah, I think it's a Netflix original. Uh, I'm but it, it should sound here. It should still be there. Uh, also, a lot of scenes that are hard to get through, but so compelling. Again, for being something that's shot essentially in one site the entire time and has a very limited cast. Uh, so a lot of similar things expressed in it uh 
with a lot of differences too in the fact that the lead character is deaf in that one uh is a different kind of helplessness that gets explored and watching her overcome that uh is is quite compelling mm-hmm. uh but if 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 you've seen it and you want to talk to us about it or you want to talk about us anything that we discussed here uh, probably not as much about Matt's junk, but sure. Uh, you can contact us by leaving us a voicemail at 805-328-3966. Uh, you can email us at pot at gncast.com, or you can leave us a message on the website. And you can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Podcast of Terror and all those places. And subscribe to us via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, your favorite podcatcher. Uh, and while you're there, you know, check out our friend shows. Check out Apex and the Abyss. And celebrate in two years of doing that show. And she's doing a lot better than we are. Uh, so she mm-hmm. must be doing a lot right. Uh, so go congratulate Erica on that. And I feel like if you like this show, the kind of content that she does, you'll probably like as well. But you'll hear on here again sometime too. Eventually. And if you want to support the show in a financial way, if you order stuff through Amazon, you go to amazon.podcastofterror.com. And order stuff like you regularly do, and that will give us a little bit of financial kick. Shouldn't cost you any extra, uh, but it'll it'll help Matt pay for the bills and stuff for the cocaine things. Yes. Oh, I was going to say equipment. I don't know that cocaine does anything for your equipment. Cocaine is the equipment that helps me yes. get through the day. And uh, finally, go to bit.ly slash pot review, and you can leave us a review there. Uh, it's uh, it's not iTunes. It's not Google Play. It's something else entirely. Yeah. If, if you feel like typing something up or hitting a little star number thing, oh, you really, we'd appreciate it. Really hit the uh, the entirety of the outro there and even took away my Amazon send me money portion. Well, you sound greedy when you say it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> like, give us money for giving you a free show. Oh, I made me sound like a dick. I, I don't think it's the only thing that makes you sound like that. No, generally when I open my mouth, I sound like an asshole. And I apologize to anyone that's offended. It, you, you act like that's not people's favorite thing about you. I don't I don't really know. We have to pay for Michael Caine. Oh, growly. You are the height of just too muchery. Um, yeah, Corey, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I sometimes do a show called Else Nerds. Actually, kind of regularly. We seem to have moved over to Thursday nights now, but you can find that in the same places where you download everything else. And I'm starting to do a show called Solutions to Fix the Universe. And you can go to stfucast.com. I hang out on Twitch with the Ink Geek guys, and we we get a little philosophical, uh, much like we did at the end of this episode. So hopefully, if that's something you're into, uh, we still tangent, but it I, I have a good time doing it. I think Nate does. Uh, Brandon has when he's been able to make it. We'll see. Matt, what about you? Uh, bears, da 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 bears. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Matt the Lifeguard. I forgot you hate sports and everything funny, so that really just fell flat on you. I, saw, I, I know the bears. I saw you look away in disgust. No, I looked towards my teeth. Oh, so you do still have tea over there. Of course I have tea. I can't get through a show like this talking as much as I do with just one root beer. 
Um, I would like to point out the fact that I it it took me the entire episode to finish this one beer. Usually, usually that three. thing is like halfway. Yeah, um, it's not three big ones. Sometimes three cans. Uh, that's that's a slow dance that I want to have. Um, what? Slow dancing with someone with three cans. <laughs> Growly says to find the video. Find a video of Michael Caine pronouncing his name, and you'll get the joke. I want to know if it's as funny as the video of, um, fuck, is it Seal explaining what an echo is? And yes, that is a real video. Yes. No, 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 no. God damn it. Echo explanation. Hmm. Fuck. What's great is all this empty space is actually going to stay in the show. Oh, no, it's totally going to. Um, um, Seal, Echo, explain. No, who is another? Um, He's like a black R&B singer. Um, Billy Ocean. Shit. No, no. I got to answer this now. Um, Who sang the song Echo? Now I'm just talking. No, not Echo Beach. Now I'm just talking. Belle Biv DeVoe. It's not Belle Biv DeVoe. Fucking stop. Stop fucking with me. Um, Conway Twitty. Ooh, he's a good one, but that's not the right song. Echo, where the fucking? I'm going to Spotify here. A lot of people don't remember Conway Twitty's R&B <laughs> section of his career. He had an R&B section of his career. No, he did not. That's I, how would I know? I'm not fucking eighty like you. Thank you. <laughs> I just got done talking about how I thought you were twenty four. Yeah, uh, but then you you very much said no. I'm just lying to you about that. There's no truth to it at all. You didn't follow up on the eighty thing. Like, oh no, I'm just teasing. Like most women, I lied to you to make you feel better about yourself. That's true. Um, Incubus has a song called Echo, huh? I'll be damned. My Pink- prostitution should be legal. Ah, dude, I was listening to something. I think it was the new Reply All, and uh, they were talking about how um, a hooker got like fined, and her response was one sex worker. Uh, okay, thank you. A sex worker <laughs> got fined, and her response was, "Well, I'm gonna have to go suck a dick to pay this ticket now." <laughs> um, I cannot find it. I am in some deep, deep corners. I, I mean, I guess. The... <sighs> God damn it! There was even like a. I think it was uh, Dave Chappelle was making fun of him. <sighs> Rick James? No, 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 no. It's uh. Bismarck key. Um, I really like how you're. Um, uh, song echo. This is going to drive me fucking nuts. I'm going to wake up in like the middle of the night and think about this because I've seen the video. Although I really would now want to listen to a mashup called Kanye Twitty. Uh, which is a hip hop version of Conway Twitty's <laughs> music. Al jo- no, Growly, it's not El Jolson. Beat, it is also Roxo. Dr. Roxo, the rock and roll clown, because he loves Kane. Um, I've also seen Metalocalypse live. The ticket blows. I don't know. What does the ticket blow, Beat? Now we cannot end this episode until Beatmaster. Just tells me what why the ticket blows. Anyways, Maybe next the whole closing. Uh, this is gonna be really rough. Next week we're gonna watch Beyond the Gates. Corey just told me about it. I have no idea what it's about. It's just him and I. Um, two two men, a silver-haired fox, and me. 
Alyssa walked up to me the other day and she goes, hey, I think you're going thin and back. And I basically stood up and I said, just fucking kill me now. <laughs> the ticket. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, I think he's making a joke, but I still have yet to figure out what nation, nation he's from. Um, Islam. He's where? He's no, the nation of Islam? Yes. Oh, he's one of those guys. All right. All right. Cool, cool. No, she had to suck a dick to get money to pay for the ticket, to pay the fine. And if you got it, and now I'm just explaining it to you once again in further detail, I feel like an asshole. I feel like this is like she saw the spider to catch the fly. I don't know why she followed a fly. What came first, Perhaps the chicken or the egg? Guy. Right. He's a baconologist. Why, you know what? I'm going to fucking... I know we're friends on Facebook. I'm looking your ass up. Yeah, so next week, Beyond the Gates... Uh, I believe it might be streaming on Netflix. So anybody who wants to go check it out, or if again Switzerland, I knew it was either Holland or Swiss cheese or something. Oh, everything's in fucking Swiss. Speak English, man. I'm just kidding. Yeah, Beyond the Gates. It's on Netflix. Watch it. Come hang out. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the podcast. There, we'll talk to you guys next week. Stay hard, everybody. (laughs) 